This is the Gospel for Life, where we have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. Around the table today is Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Jonathan Van Hoogen from Dayspring United Reformed Church, Vinnie Hanke from Valley Life Community Church, and Ryan Hemphill from Treasure Valley Reformed Presbyterian Church. To catch earlier broadcasts, just search The Gospel for Life wherever you subscribe. To find out more about this ministry and about our annual conference, go to ReformationBoise.com. Welcome back to The Gospel for Life. As you hopefully know, we have been working through a series on suffering and hopefully helping those that are just trying to wrap their minds around God's role in this, what's behind some of it, but more importantly, what, what what's the purpose? What purpose is God um, bringing this into our life? Sometimes it is to um, bring us to a point of repentance, right? So, you know, one of the causes of suffering can be our own personal sin, and that is a helpful first step to ask that question. Lord, is there any unconfessed sin in my life? that you're wanting me to to deal with. Sometimes it's just being in a sin-filled world. It's not anything that you personally have, you know, been the reason behind. And sometimes it it's because God has a greater end purpose for it. And so we talked about that suffering can be for God's glory. Mm-hmm. You know, John 9, you know, is this man blind because of his sin or the sin of his parents? And and Jesus is saying, "No. This this is because I want to put myself on display." Sometimes it's uh, so that the, those that walk through it have a clear knowledge of God. Sometimes he wants to put Jesus Christ on display in the life of his children as they go through suffering. And fourth, that sometimes it's because he wants to create a gospel opportunity. Just real quick on that one, I, I know that when my mom went through cancer, we lived in a pretty pagan community, and uh, it was a powerful witness for for many in the community, and and some came to a saving faith. My mom was not part of a Christian family. Some in her family came to faith in Jesus Christ because of watching their sister go through cancer or watching my mom was a teacher, watching a former teacher go through cancer. And so sometimes mm-hmm. it's for greater gospel ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, then fifth, we talk about that it deepens our faith, deepens our trust, our dependence upon God. There are moments when we feel the weight of what we're going through, and as we read in Corinthians, the book of Corinthians, we despair, and we have nowhere else to go. I actually think the book of Psalms puts this on display time and time again, where you mm-hmm. see the psalmist going to God because everything else has been removed, and finding their help, finding their strength, finding what they need. Then we talked about that it deepens or matures our Christian character, that God is refining us so that we reflect Jesus Christ more faithfully. Mm -hmm. And then the last thing we talked about is that sometimes our suffering is for other people, Mm -hmm. that he is preparing us to be an instrument um, in the lives of of others. And Vinny had talked about um, how him losing his his father helped him in ministry to come alongside of those that are suffering. And I think all of you know, you know, Sometimes we don't identify very well with some that are going through difficult moments, and then somebody comes along that has walked that same road and comes in, and you just stand back and you say, that's what they needed. Mm -hmm. 
they needed someone that that knows how to walk beside them and god prepares them in advance for those moments and we failed to get to the last one on our list yesterday another cliffhanger another cliffhanger so we're going to deal with number eight today before we give us um, go to god's provision in the midst of suffering but sometimes our suffering is to prepare us for our future what could that possibly mean i really think this is foundational to a proper view of suffering in this world and uh, paul says in second corinthians chapter 4 verses 16 to 18 therefore we do not lose heart even though our outward man is perishing yet the inward man is being renewed day by day for our light affliction which is but for a moment is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory while we do not look at the things which are seen but at the things which are not seen for the things which are seen are temporary but the things which are not seen are eternal and what paul calls a light affliction i mean you can read through the list of the various things that he's suffered in life and it's it's not a light thing being mm-hmm. stoned beaten naked shipwrecked, shipwrecked starving snake I mean, bit snake bit all these things and yet he calls it a light affliction and the reason why he can do that is because we need to remember that this world although it's all we know at this time is temporary Mm -hmm. Uh, god has in store for all humanity eternity either eternity in his wrath or eternity in his glory and uh, only through christ can we be within with him in glory in for eternity but we are all marching towards that and the Mm -hmm. suffering here is preparing us for that Paul also writes in Romans 8 that the sufferings of this present time aren't worth comparing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. with the glory that is to be revealed to us. Yeah. I mean that's that's a statement. Yeah. Yeah. Not even worth mentioning. No. I mean, but it's it's interesting as you read through 1st and 2nd Corinthians, he does mention all of these things and he's saying all of that really in one moment will disappear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One sight of of God in his glory. Even if we have a hundred years of suffering in this life mm-hmm. compared to eternity, I mean, it's just, you can't even see it on the scale. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. God also provides provision for us in the midst of suffering. Um, one of the great truths of scripture is that God is with us. Mm. And that might be one of those truths that we read so often that we really forget how substantial it is that God is with us. So why does God's presence matter so much in the midst of, of suffering? Well, I think it, it helps us deal with one of the things we talked about earlier in the series is, you know, is suffering a, a punishment? When God's presence is with us, we can be reminded that, that sickness and suffering is not an indictment, that God is angry with us, mm-hmm. that he promises actually to be with us, to uh, weep with those who are weeping, to endure sorrow with those who have endured sorrow. Um, it's our great high priest, Christ, who has endured uh, every test as we have endured it. And so to be reminded that Christ is not only with us, but is also understands the suffering we're in the midst of provides a great comfort. And that just the fact that we're suffering does not mean God is absent. He's actually near those who are suffering. We get those promises over and over in the Psalms. And we, we see God's purposes. You know, we, we, cannot, we can't see it ahead, but looking back on that life of suffering or whatever has come into our life, we oftentimes can see that God had purposed that for 
something special. You know, one of the great stories of suffering is the story of Johnny Erickson Tata, who yeah. uh, was paralyzed, you know, as a, a teenager. And she she writes about suffering quite a bit. Actually, she's had a, a broad ministry. You can mention her name, and people know her, mm-hmm. but that teenager would not have been known universally and around the world without that suffering. And what she brings to help others, she says, perhaps hell hoped to shipwreck my faith, but heaven helped me take every thought captive to obedience to Christ. She, she, you know, when her thoughts would go to resentment, that paralysis pushed her into times of prayer. And she became more patient with people. She admitted that she was demanding, unappreciative. You know, she's, it moved her toward a, a life that was becoming more and more like Christ, and it enlarged, helped her enlarge her understanding of that eternal state that she's longing for. You know, instead of thinking about the things of this world, she's thinking about the next. She's written a wonderful book about heaven, you know, and, and uh, you know, none of that diminishes her suffering, but it, it puts it into that eternal perspective. She spoke at Ligonier, I don't remember even how many years ago. I'm sure Jonathan was there. She spoke on suffering, mm-hmm. and one of the best talks I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I literally wept the entire talk. Yeah. She, she could say that uh, God's refusal to make my life easier had been her greatest blessing. And I think why it was so meaningful is you could see and hear Christ in her. Mm-hmm. that she had become so dependent upon God and really understood at a level that I might never, the presence of God, yeah. the daily sustaining presence of God in her, in her life. And it was, it was a wonderful experience for me to, yeah. to sit at her feet and, and learn. For her, she would say that that wasn't God's plan B for her life. No. That was God's plan A. I yeah. mean, this. she said she was convinced that a deep faith, a strong character, a heartfelt compassion, and a greater dependence on Christ were the great blessings that she got out of that whole thing. She, her, Even though the disability is grueling, the result was God's best for her life. Mm. Um, and sometimes we don't, we don't always, we don't always uh, see that. Uh, you know, we are, we don't realize that the, what God has brought into our life is, is a metaphor for our life to develop deep devotion to Jesus Christ through our seasons of hardship. But it's not just simply God's presence, which is incredible, that is, is part of God's provision. It, it's also his power and his grace. So talk my, about that a little bit. My dad had on his letterhead. Christ, our sufficiency in all things, and there is a there's a sense in which uh, what this power and the grace that we have, we don't we don't realize how sufficient it is until we go through it. You know, we you know the expectations that we have are changed by the circumstances, but we realize that He is sufficient and able to get us through, no matter what we're going through. 
you know, you, you, you could go back and look at the lives of the martyrs, you know, and you, you go, I don't know how they died like that, mm. but Christ was sufficient for them. The, the suffering a mother goes through through the loss of a child, and, and yet they come out uh, glorifying God. How do they go through that? Christ was sufficient for them. So there's a, there's a power and a grace that comes into our life, even in spite of the suffering, because of, of what God is doing for us. Mm-hmm. And one aspect is God's seeing God's purpose in our suffering, like we talked about, is a way that He manifests His grace. I mean, if you can imagine purposeless suffering, suffering is bad in and of itself. But if there's no purpose, if there's no end, if there's no future promise that's attached to it, then it's just suffering for suffering's sake, and that just leaves you in a very dark, foreboding place. And yet, as Christians, we have God's unmerited favor and kindness manifested in that our suffering is never wasted. God is always at work in it, and that that in itself is a gift of His grace. In that passage, Jonathan, that you referenced from Second Corinthians, mm-hmm. uh, chapter twelve, where you know, we mentioned in a previous episode, where you know Paul, so that he wouldn't be conce- get conceited by all the revelations he was getting, God gave him a thorn in the flesh that he asked to be removed. But Christ's response is, "My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness." And then Paul goes on to say, Therefore, most gladly, I would rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities and reproaches and needs and persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. And for in my own congregation, when I'm doing pastoral prayer, um, oftentimes when I'm praying for those that are going through difficult times, my prayer for them is that they would find that Christ is sufficient Mm. for each of the moments of their life. And that's our prayer for you, too, that whether you're going through hard, hard things or just somewhat hard things, that you would find that God is sufficient, that you would look to Christ, trust in in the work of God, and realize that the suffering is not meaningless, that God has your good, his glory, and the good of his people in in the back of all of this, and that you would trust him in the midst of it. We'll see you next time.